You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you guys. Great to be back from the Redlands, back from the the desert. If you think it's hot here, then uh, the Redlands was a whole other experience. Um, but actually, it was almost more refreshing because there's no humidity there. Anyway, uh, we're glad to be back. Um, obviously, we have a lot of teens a part of the service today. This is a teen ministry-led service. I'm really grateful for their hearts to, uh, to give and to serve. And we have four teens behind us. We have Justin, Abby, Julian, and Gianna. And they, all of them have something that they want to share with you uh, from camp, Um, things that impacted them, memories that they're taking from camp, decisions they're making. So if you would, uh, if you would open up your ears, your hearts uh, to listen to uh, just some of the things that God's doing in their lives. Okay, Uh, just, just be with me because I suck at public speaking. Um, But honestly, I feel like... um, As a senior, I was truly blessed to have this as my last year um, as teen camp, you know. Uh, Personally, I feel like the entire theme spoke to me, and it was, I felt like it was focused for me. So the entire time, I felt like God was talking to me and just pushing me on to, like, start this TBT. Um, And just, there's so much I would like to share. It was an amazing week of up and downs, but more ups, of course. And there's just so much to, like, talk about. But, you know, um, there's two main things I want to talk about. Um, The first one was a lesson by Marcel Hall. And he had a long lesson, but I just want to share one scripture. (laughs) Just one scripture from his lesson. And um, it was Psalm 32, verses 3 to 5. Um, And it says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. And um, his lesson was the lesson that we had right before um, confession night. And he just gave this wonderful analogy to me. And he said, um, he said, imagine you had an illness. And illness was a sin. He said, imagine you had an illness and you went to a doctor and the doctor asked you, what do you need help with? And you told him, nothing. And he, was, and he said that um, God is like the doctor. And like, you know, you would go to your doctor and tell them what you need help with. And he was saying that we have to get open and we have to confess because God can only heal what we bring to the surface. And... Um, that also like brought me to one of the goals because another lesson by um, Luke Donatello, um, he gave us like capsules, which was just like our goals in six week or in six months that we wanted. And I just want to be transparent. I just want to be open. I want people to know how I feel, when I'm feeling, and just everything I've done. And then uh, the next point I want to get to is uh, by my. Uh, it was actually a lesson done by my cabin mate. Um, Victor Moreno, and his whole lesson was, be one, make one, and um, 
one le- um one scripture that he um said was um Romans 3:23 to 24 and it says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ and you know he he's um off this point he was saying that like you know we're we're not all perfect he gave like examples of doubting Thomas who was an apostle and he didn't believe Jesus rose from the dead and he actually said I will not believe until I stick my finger through the hole in his hand. Imagine that. An apostle even struggled with believing. And they had Jesus right next to them. Even Peter, he started the whole ministry and he denied Jesus three times. And even Paul, he killed a bunch of people, you know? But. Like, I'm just being real here. I'm being real. But, like, he killed a lot of people. He was not perfect. If anything, he even says he's the worst of all of us. He's the worst sinner out of all of us. And, you know, um, Victor gave the point that God uses imperfect people to show imperfect people a perfect God. And, you know... um, like, it, it's kind of crazy because we're, we're all imperfect. But to, in today's society, everyone's trying to be like, oh, you have to be the best at what you do. You have to be perfect. You have to do this. You have to do that. But it's impossible. It's really impossible. But, you know, it, um, in 2 Corinthians 12.10, it says, that's why I take pl- uh, pleasure in my weakness. And in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ." For when I am weak, then I am strong. And you know, this is like um, just what the entire camp is about. Like, we just have to surrender ourselves to God and just trust in Him. And like, just put all our faith, everything we have into Him. Um, It just reminds me of a proverb where it's like, trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understandings. Um, Submit in all your ways and He will make your path straight. And you know, it's just that. We have to trust in the Lord. And I just want to leave you with one more scripture that's kind of like the whole theme of this scripture because things we think are impossible are truly possible. And this is um, in Luke eighteen twenty seven. Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Thank you for letting me share. hear me okay yeah okay I'm just gonna get ready just kind of set up um so yeah like Dustin said I'm Abby Hood uh yes Brian Hood is my dad (laughs) Uh, she's right there hi mom my mom's home she's sick uh but yeah so I just wanted to share about my experience and um some memories I had I have it written down because I I ramble so (laughs) um so I'm a part of the awesome teen ministry we have here. Um, (laughs) It's been growing rapidly, and and I'm so thankful to God for that. Um, It was my third year at camp. Um, I'm a junior, or I'm going to be a junior. Uh, It's going to be crazy. (laughs) Um, So I would say it was my toughest year um, emotionally. Um, I was going through a lot of things personally in my heart that uh, 
really started to distract me from God. Um, I went to camp in a really negative mood about my cabin, um, and I just kept saying, oh great, I'm gonna struggle with these lower classmen, like, they're not as mature as I am. <laughs> oh gosh, it was, it was, it was bad. Um, you can ask Sarah to me, I was sitting on the bus with her, and we're literally just sitting there, and I was like, oh my gosh. And, I'd like, and we had like freshmen sitting behind us, and I was just like, I can't do it, I can't. And I, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but uh, God really humbled me. Um, these girls were really amazing. Uh, they were so loving and so open and so honest with me. Um, and it wasn't even just the girls in my cabin, but it was just all the lower classmen in our whole ministry um, who were just so awesome. And I'm so glad God pushed my, um, my pridefulness aside because <laughs> uh, I, I had at least three girls come up to me and talk to me about um, how they, they were intimidated by me because they, they thought that they were too immature and that I wouldn't like them. Because, okay, I'm not even kidding. That's why guys are intimidated of me. Like, <laughs> that's like a whole other story. I could like preach on that. Um, <laughs> um, wait, what? I'm not even done. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and so, I, and, and they were just like, yeah, like, I was just really intimidated by you because I just thought, like, you would think I was too mature and too loud. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm so mean. <laughs> and I was just like, I was, like, praying one night. And I was like, God, like, I'm so sorry. Thank you for, like, humbling me and, like, all this stuff. And um, I just, I'm so, like, I would have never been humbled if it wasn't for this experience um, and for God just breaking down a lot of barriers that I had in my heart. And, um. I'm just so thankful for those memories that I'll uh, just treasure and remember forever. Um, and so I'm just going to share a scripture with you guys. And I know that you guys have, like, all heard it. It's really popular. <laughs> so, um, so it says, um, 1 Timothy 4.12, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct and love and in faith and in purity. Um, and yeah, I just really felt that that scripture, I came back and I was like looking for it for this specific like, you know, thing that I was sharing just because um, it spoke to me. Because I'm young, but these girls that are younger than me, they really, they really showed me how to open my heart and um, just how to really just love God. And so, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Good morning, church. Um, this past teen camp has been my third teen camp, and I believe it was my most spiritual one. Here's why. A man named Luke Donatello shared for our main session and talked about how he had all these burdens and, uh, and sins he had to uh, get open with, and uh, how he, so, he struggled and was so lost in the world and so angered and confused by himself. And um, he didn't know why. He shared how his past events and, and the burdens he, that he carried were in his heart for so long and how he could never get open about them until four years after he became a disciple. I was really moved by this lesson um, because I really have never gotten open truly with one, an, 
one another and um, I could fall into the habit of uh, just saying the right right word and uh, the right answers to make people look like I have a good like perspective on me or whatever. And um, that night, me and my counselor uh, went on a walk and were sharing for a good two hours about the lesson and how we were moved about, uh, by it. For once, I finally decided to share and face my fear and confess my sins and my struggles and my burdens to someone and the rocks I was carrying on my back. But I still was scared and uh, thought he might have a, might, uh, how I was different. So I went through it, I confessed to him and shared and uh, the first word he said was, wow. So that didn't really get off to a good start. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, <laughs> um, right as he said those words, I was, uh, I was scared, I was nervous. I thought, like, how different and disconnected from God I really was and how others were saying, like, man, you're, you're different. Like, you're, this isn't right. And so um, the words he said was, wow, I have never shared with another teen that, has, that is going with the same struggles that I went through. And my heart was so, like, like relieved and <laughs> and um when he said these words I felt cleansed I felt like my burdens were taken off my back and um I want to close out I want to close out with a uh, verse from I want to close out with a verse from Galatians 6 2 Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill, fulfill each other with the law of Christ. So I just want to close out how um, I hope for the people that are going with the same struggle to really get open and um, with a different friend, and I pray for that friend to listen to them. Um, I feel like that's what I went through teen camp, and um, uh. My name is Julian Puerta, and I thank you for listening to what I had to offer. Hi. Hi, you guys. Sorry, I'm, like, really nervous. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, as you guys know, my name is Gianna, and this is my second year at teen camp, and... I'm just going to point out that I think Justin reads minds because he literally like grabbed all the scriptures I wanted to share. <laughs> so, thank you for that. But yeah, definitely. It was one of the more, I don't know. This year, I just, I felt really close to God this year. Like, before coming to camp, I'd been struggling with like neglecting my quiet times because I was slipping into the mindset that I don't need God, you know, I can rely on myself. But that's not true at all. And so... I got to camp, you know, I was pumped up for like all the activities and stuff, but you know, my heart wasn't really in it. And then I remember worship night, I was just like, I was really not looking forward to it, you know, I was already losing my voice from all the chanting, <laughs> you know, I was tired, I had a headache, and I was not looking forward to it. And then the music started up, and I just, I couldn't, it was so powerful and so moving, and I just want to share a bit of information to you guys about the chapel there. Sorry, I'm like shaking so hard. But like, so, in the chapel, ooh, 
In the chapel at Redlands University, there's this stained glass window in the very front, and it's like Jesus and all his disciples. And when the sun sets while you're worshiping, the disciples all start disappearing, you know, it goes down in a U-shape, and Jesus is just left in the middle. And during that, like, worship concert, just staring at Jesus and trying to pour my heart out to him, I just felt that fullness and that closeness that I knew only he could bring. So, you know, I started getting back into my quiet times, and it's just like Psalm 32 said, when I brought my sins to him, I felt that fullness that only he can bring. And I remember, like, after I was, like, so upset because, like, everyone, no, this was Thursday night, but sorry, I'm, like, rambling so bad. <laughs> but like Thursday night, you know, we were, we just finished Ultimate Frisbee and I was like feeling a lot of hurt because like everyone had run off with their friends and like I could not find any of like my tribe mates, my cabin mates. And I just remember going into the chapel, that same chapel and just like writing a prayer to God. And I really felt him working. And then later that night, I met Sarah from Turning Point and this girl is me in another life, honestly, like... <laughs> So it, she was, like, just so, oh, my gosh, where has she been all my life? <laughs> but really, like, we talked, and we didn't even realize the time. We started, like, 10 minutes before it was lights out, and the runners came in to check, and they're like, you know, you got to go back to your cabin. And so we just kept talking and talking. We stood in the hallway. We talked. We sat, and we talked. We played cards. And then we finally asked, hey, what time is it? We hadn't realized we had talked until 4.20 in the morning. <laughs> And that's just one of the things that'll stick by me because, like, you know, I really felt God working because I'd prayed, you know, God, send a friend, send someone I can be open with. And I just really prayed for her heart because she was so open and so willing to share with me what she was going through. And she's just a freshman. Honestly, the fact that her heart was so willing, that's just something that sticks by me. And I hope to be like her in that sense where I can be open and, you know, I can be willing to give my heart and be strong in my convictions like her, and I'll leave you with that. Thank you for listening to my rambling. Awesome, let's give it up for them one more time. Thank you guys for sharing your hearts. That's not easy to do, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, but especially in, in a group this size. Um, so I'm really grateful for them. Um, great job, guys. You know, it, was, it, it really was an awesome, awesome camp experience. And um, yeah, I mean, there's, you could ask all the teens and they could share something uh, probably similar. And the camp theme was impossible. And some of these things, that, actually all the things that they shared, uh, I bet to them it felt impossible that they would get past, you know, this, uh, this barrier in their life. Or sometimes it seems impossible to, to share that part of your life with someone, to be completely vulnerable and transparent. That's just like, it's never going to happen. That's impossible. Um, to, sometimes it's an impossible perspective or humility can seem impossible. Like what Abby shared. Um, just humbling out and having a positive perspective on a situation or on a person. Um, all of these things can seem impossible depending on where we're at in life. And, um, and before I get in, I'm, I'm, I just have a few things to share. Um, we kind of as a collection, we're going to kind of share a sermon of our different spec uh, perspectives with you. 
Um, but before, before I get into it, I just want to thank uh, everyone here, all the parents uh, of the teens, uh, of the preteens, the junior high teens, um, sending your kids to camp. It's worth every penny, every single penny. I know it's, it, it seems like it gets more expensive every year, and you're just like, man, is, when is it going to stop? But it's worth every penny. And hearing the teens this week, hearing the, uh, the youth camp, the preteens and junior high teens, and just what they're taking from it at such a young age, uh, it's totally worth it. Thank you to all those who helped support and sponsor uh, teens, that, teens that couldn't, um, you know, financial burdens, um, especially when you have two, three, four kids going to camp. That's a lot of money. So some of you just took it upon yourself. I'm going to sponsor someone. Even though I don't have kids in the, in the youth ministry, I'm going to sponsor someone. So thank you. Um, so our, our camp theme was impossible. It was all centered around this story of David and Goliath. And this story, we know it so well. And, and you know, you look at David and you look where he came from and kind of leading up to this battle. And it seemed like an impossible situation. It seemed like an impossible battle. Like, this guy is, is not going to have the victory. He's going to fail over and over and over again. I mean, look at Goliath. Look at this giant. Look at this trained warrior. And so this is the story that we kind of centered around. And then other aspects of David's life that just, it seemed impossible that God would use this shepherd boy to do anything good, right? And so this was our theme. And you look at David, and he was overlooked, so many people overlooked him. Even his dad overlooked him. When, when he gathered his boys and one of them was going to be anointed as king, he didn't even invite his youngest son in to this anointing ceremony. He's like, no, nah, it's, it's definitely not you. Just stay out with the sheep. <laughs> he was overlooked by his own dad. He was overlooked when he came to the battle. And, you know, he's, he's trying to inquire of, like, what's going on? And people are just kind of pushing him aside. His brothers are getting upset at him, like, just go back home, like, get out of here. An entire army had, had, had just kind of shrinked back, and, and they were all cowards as they looked at Goliath. And so an entire army is pulling back. It seems like an impossible situation of trained warriors that aren't willing to go up against this guy, Goliath. David didn't have the appropriate gear. David didn't have the appropriate fighting equipment, it seemed. You know, he didn't have any battle armor. He didn't have a sword and a shield. He didn't have any of the things that all of these other soldiers had. And so it seemed like an impossible situation. He was only there to bring his brothers some snacks. That's all. That was, that was his goal. Hey. Go over there, bring them some bread and cheese, and come back. Again, impossible. It was a giant versus a teen boy. A trained warrior who was armed for battle versus a little boy who was armed for playing out in a field. This mighty warrior versus a shepherd boy. This guy who was, who was covered in over 100 pounds of different protective gear. So any kind of strike, man, you'd have to strike this guy many times to even inflict a wound. He was covered in so much gear and protective material, and yet David had his sandals and his clothes from being out in the, in the field. He couldn't even wear the king's gear because it was too heavy and it was bulky. Again, this matchup seemed impossible. 
And so we look at verse 33, and King Saul, he tells him, like, you know, he's, he's saying, like, I'll go out. And, and Saul says, you're only a young man. Goliath has been a warrior since his youth. So even the king, I mean, think about a king, an official that high up that most of us would be intimidated to even talk to. And he says, you're just a young boy. Like, just, just stop. This man has been fighting since he was a kid. Everything kind of seemed impossible leading up to this battle. But of course, we know the outcome. We know that David, in bravery, in confidence, came up and, and uh, slayed Goliath. The shepherd boy takes down the unbeatable warrior. And you know, David's heart is expressed in his battle cry right before he goes to this battle line. He, he has this kind of battle cry, and let's read it real quick. In 1 Samuel uh, verse 17, the, the title of this, uh, of this little sermonette, if you will, is called Preparing for the Impossible. And 1 Samuel, verse 17, verse 45. It says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands. And I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Amen. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands. This is his battle cry, and then we know he goes and strikes him down with one stone. All of that protective armor, that javelin, that spear, that shield, that sword, it did him no good as he struck him in the head with a little stone. And so this impossible battle, you know, David approaches it with this heart, this attitude, this perspective, this faith, this confidence that that was kind of unmatched. He, he knew this is for God. This is in God's name. This isn't me. And where did he get this kind of faith? Where did he gather this kind of confidence in God, this security in him? Well, we look at verses 34, just jump back about 10 verses. In verse 34, it says, but David said to Saul, this is after Saul said, you know, you're just a young boy. He's been a warrior since his youth. This is what David says back to Saul. Your servant was tending his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went out after him and I attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So it wasn't in the battle. It wasn't in this moment that suddenly David had this rush of confidence. And suddenly he had this faith, like, I don't know where this faith came from, but I have it now and I'm going to do this in God's name. It came 
from the little things that he was doing when he wasn't in the battle. It came from the things he knew he had to do. He had to protect his sheep. That's what he knew. I'm sure time spent out in the field just praying to God, talking to him. These were all things he knew he had to do, and he did them when no one else was looking. And he didn't know at the time he, what his expectation was that he was delivering snacks to his brothers. So he didn't know at the time that he would face this giant. The only mission he had was to go deliver these snacks. But just because we don't expect something to happen doesn't mean we can't be prepared for it. And so David, because of what he had done in his own time with God, in his personal time with God, out in the field protecting these sheep, when he finally came to this Goliath moment in his life, he didn't view it as this impossible situation. He saw it as, oh, I've done this before. God's delivered me in this way before. Actually, my quiet time this morning, I, I, this, was perfect, this was perfect, exactly what I needed for this Goliath moment. And so because of what David did when he was off the battlefield, he was able to defeat Goliath when he was in the battle. Amen. And, you know, what, think about what your Goliaths might be. Some of the things that the teens shared, those were their Goliaths going into camp. Being totally open, that might be a Goliath. Maybe there's a secret sin that you just, you don't want anyone to know about. Maybe you feel like Julian, like no one's going to relate to me. But then that voice of, Oh, I totally understand. That's exactly what I've been through. But what are the Goliaths in your life? It might be humility. I want to I say this and uh, just take it to heart. You don't defeat Goliath when you're actually in the fight with him. You defeat Goliath before you ever step onto the battlefield. And, you know, this comes, like I said, in quiet times. It's just spending your personal time with God. You know, a prayer time, getting into the scripture. You never know what, what's going to come up, up in your life that day where you're just like, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful I read that passage this morning. That directly relates to what I'm going through. Now I have the faith and the confidence I need to fight this. You know, whether it's a temptation or whether it's just, man, I, I'm feeling depressed and discouraged but you get that, that comfort from God. It's, it's in relationships with one another, discipling one another, sharpening one another. You never know what a conversation is going to amount to in someone's life. And, you know, even, even a word of encouragement. Someone might be really discouraged. They may have had a, a really rough week. And you simply saying, I really like your outfit. Or man, like just seeing your smile, it really encourages me. That could destroy the Goliath in their life that they were facing that week. And so what we do, the things that we just know we ought to do, the time we spend with God, the time we spend with one another, those are the moments when you will defeat the Goliaths that will come in your life. You are preparing for the impossible in those moments when you're by yourself with God. Or one-on-one -on -one with someone. You know, when, when I wake up early in the morning, before my kids wake up, my kids don't seem like such a Goliath when they wake up. Because I've already had time with God. I'm already like more at peace. But if my kids wake me up, oh my gosh, 
My wheels are spinning. They are a Goliath that is just in my path. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with you right now. But what do you need to do to prepare for the impossible? We don't know what the impossible is going to be. David didn't know what the impossible was going to be that day. But he was ready for it. You know, I want to read uh, a passage in closing in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I want to read the, uh, the message version. You guys can turn over there and um, follow along. The message is quite different. But uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 15, we're down in verse 57. It says here, It was sin that made death so frightening and law code guilt that gave sin its leverage, its destructive power. But now in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, and death are gone. The gift of our master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. With all this going for us, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves to the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. What a cool passage that the, the, the victory is in Jesus. With one stroke of life, Jesus claimed the victory for all of us. And, and with that, we can be confident in every single thing we do, in every conversation we have, in every moment that we're fighting a temptation, in every scripture we read, even if it's like, man, that didn't mean anything to me right now. Like, I wish I would have slept a little bit longer. Or, man, I prayed for a half hour, and I didn't even feel my heart connect with God. You never know. Nothing you do for God is a waste of time or effort. And so I'll, I'll close with this. In all you do, in God's name and by his strength, you are preparing for the impossible. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.